Father, we thank you for this opportunity now to communicate your word to your people for your glory. Father, I thank you for the anointing that's on this ministry. I thank you, Father, for the word that you deposited down in my heart. And as I release it, I declare that you speak through my vocal cords. You think through my mind. You operate through my limbs. Your word will go forth unhindered, unchecked by any satanic or demonic force. It's going to accomplish those things that it's sent out to do. It will prosper in every heart in which it is sown. I declare that every person that's in this room and those who are watching online and those who will watch later will all be changed by this word. And we all said amen Amen. and amen. amen. Give God some praise all over the building. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, y'all may be seated. Man, say I love my church. Man, the, the family conference was amazing. There were so many nuggets that we got out of the family conference that this morning as I was meditating over what the Lord wanted me to share with you, the, the, the message really just emanated out of the family conference. And the message is simple uh, for this morning. Uh, the title of today's message is True Faith is Relational. Say true faith is relational. For you to have faith, listen, all faith is relational. And so, so true faith in God comes down to your relationship with Him. F- say this, say faith, faith is all about confidence. All right, so James, let me say this. I can have faith in James, and James can have faith in Rick. And all faith is relational. And so my faith in James is going to be based on two things. Say two things. All right, right? It's going to be based on his track record, right? My knowledge of his track record and my understanding of his character. So, for example, if, if James gives me a promise and I'm going to check his track record, Georgia, right? Like, okay, let me see. Does he do what he says, right? right? I'm going to check his track record and I'm also going to check his character. And my understanding of his track record for me and my understanding of his character towards me, then that's going to determine how much faith I have in what he says, right? And so, for example, what you don't want, what you don't want is for you to give a promise to your children, right? You tell your son, hey, son, you cut the grass, I'm going to give you $50. And then your son is out there cutting the grass. And the neighbor's son comes up and says, hey, what you doing? He said, I'm cutting the grass. Are you going to get paid? He said, well, well, you just never know, right? If he said, my dad said he's going to give me $50, but with my dad, you just never know, right? That would make me as a father feel terrible, right? Because all faith is relational. So now my son doesn't really have faith in what I said because my relationship with my son is not as strong as I wanted to be. Why? Because I have proven to my son based on my character and based on my track record and based on my performance that I'm not trustworthy, right? And, and, and this is why you got to be careful. There's some people that are in church and will say stuff like, you just never know what God may do. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, they, they want to sound like religious, you know, like, like hey, are you believing God for this? Is God going to do that? Well, you just never know. Listen, that's not pleasing to God. You, you are telling your heavenly father that you don't believe what he said, that you don't have no confidence, that, 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 you, that you are basically saying to him, I don't trust your character. You are saying to him, I don't trust your track record. And so, so when people, when we say this, say, say we are of the household of faith. 
And so, so when we stand in faith, believe in faith, declare in faith, decree in faith, pray in faith, you know what I'm saying? And then other people say, oh, you're not supposed to do that. God is like, God is not pleased when you do all of that. You just have to, well, you just have to say, Lord, if it be your will. There's some things that we know is God's will. And if God already told me something, Faith is relational. If I have a relationship with God and I know what God said, then God wants me to believe what He said. God wants me to express my confidence in Him. God doesn't want me to be wishy-washy. God wants me to be strong, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing this, that God said what He said and He meant what He said, and I don't care, watch this, I will not be moved by what I see. I'm only going to be moved by what God said. I live by faith, and all faith is relational. And so, so I, watch this. I can have faith in this chair. I can sit down on this chair because I, I've used these chairs a lot, and, and the, the chair has proven to me that it's going to hold me up. You know what I'm saying? And so all faith is relational. you got to have – listen, I don't know. You can't just come to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and know God as some disconnected, some despondent, some, some ethereal God. No, no. you got to have a relationship with Him. You could be a Buddhist without ever meeting Buddha. You know what I'm saying? You could be a Hindu, you could be a Muslim without ever meeting Muhammad. But if you're going to be a Christian, you're going to have to meet the man for yourself. You got to know Jesus and you got to know him for yourself. You got to have a relationship. Say, I have a relationship with him. All faith is relational. And so, so as a believer, this is what I was gleaning from the family conference about having a relationship with God, about releasing my faith, about standing in agreement, about believing that for God is already done and for me it's only a matter of time. Believing that God already made plans for me from the foundations of the world. My job is to find out what He already planned for me and then to stand firm in faith and then, then provide corresponding action. Now, I can provide corresponding action because I have confidence in the God who promised. Say amen to that. I'm not going to be wavering. I'm going to believe that God is going to do what he said he was going to do. Now, before I get too deep into the message, let me give you a little bit of recap from the family conference. Let me give you a little bit of a recap from the family conference. The first thing I want to tell you, right from the family conference from Apostles Tony and Cynthia, they said, we must fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of what God has already stored up for us, especially in relationship to our family. So they told us that as a believer, you got to fight for your family. Say this, say, I will fight for my family. I'm going to fight the fight of faith, and I'm going to fight for my family. I'm not going to be passive. I'm not just going to stand by and watch my children go astray. I'm not just going to stand by and say, well, Lord, you know, you're just going to do whatever you want to do, and whatever happens is the will of God. No, no, no. I'm not going to be passive. Say, I will not be passive. Those of you at home say, I will not be passive. Listen, you got to stand in faith. Stand in the gap for your family. Fight for your marriage. 
Don't just stand by and say, well, well, that's just the way he is. That's just the way she is. Fight for your marriage. Stand, decree and declare the word of the Lord over your spouse. Cover your children in prayer. As, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Our faith has to be active. You have to stand in faith. You got to teach your children. You can't be passive. Oh, well, you know, my son don't want to go to church. He's tired. We're just going to leave him at home. No, you better listen. I want my son to say that I had a drug problem. I drug him to church. You know what I'm saying? I drug that joke. No, 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 no. You ain't staying home. We, we all going to church. Get your butt up. You know what I'm saying? We going to church. No, no. Teach them. Teach them the way that they should go. Let train them. Show them the Word of God. And watch this. Your children need to see you worshiping. Your children need to see you praising. Your, your children need to see you praying. Somebody said, I believe it was uh, Pastor Marshall in the conference said, like, like, your, 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 your house or your children should see you reading the Bible even by, if by mistake one day. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like they should just walk by the kitchen and see you reading the Word or something. My God, they need to see something in you. Say, I fight for my family. You cannot be passive. Number two, they said uh, uh, from Hebrews 11 and 1 that, that, watch this, Hebrews 11 and 1 is based on not the seen and not by feelings. It's based on the unseen, but my faith must provide corresponding action. Meaning, Apostle Cynthia said something uh, to this effect. She said, you can believe and not be in faith. Let me pause right there. She said, you can believe and not be in faith. I'll give you an example. There are people that, there are people that come to church and their body's under attack. And we say, do you believe in healing? They say, yes, I believe in healing. Do you believe that God heals today? Yes, I believe God heals today. And then the power of God is moving at the altar for healing and they won't release their faith. You can believe and not be in faith. You believing something is you agreeing that it's possible. But faith requires a corresponding action. Faith is something I say. Faith is something I do. Faith is a seed that I sow based on what I believe God already gave me from the foundations of the world. So faith requires me to do something. I cannot just sit back and let life happen and say, well, you know what? Everything that happens is the will of God. No, there are things that happen that are not the will of God. You got to discover the will of God and then stand on that. You got to believe in faith without a doubt, without wavering. Say amen to that. Amen. Number three, uh, uh, they talked about guarding your heart from Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it your heart flows the issues of life. Another translation says, guard your heart with all diligence because your thoughts control your life. Your thoughts are controlling your life. So you have to believe what God believes about you. You got to fill your heart with the promises of God. You got to get the Word of God through your eye gate so it could get down in your heart. You got to get the Word of God through your ear gate so it could get down in your heart. What you want is your heart to be so full of the Word that, watch this, what happens when the pressure is on? If you put pressure on a sponge, what comes out of the sponge? Whatever's in the sponge, right? And so whatever, when you squeeze the sponge, whatever's in it is what comes out of it. And so, so you, what you want, like if you get up in the middle of the night and you're in a hotel and you don't, you're not familiar with this room and you got to go to the bathroom and you don't turn the lights on and you bump your baby toe. I don't know what it is, George, about that baby toe. You know, Lord have mercy. If you bunch that baby toe, if, if a curse word comes out, don't act like, oh! Where'd that come from? No, you know where it came from. <laughs> What's in you abundantly has to come out of you eventually. 
It came through your eyes, got down in your heart. It came through your ears, got down in your heart. You need to be careful what you listen to. You can't get that stuff down in your heart. So what comes out of you, when the pressure is on, you need to know what's going to come out of you. And what's going to come out of you is what's in you. That's why it is important. Watch this. Say this. It does matter where you go to church. Oh, it matters where you go to church. And so it matters. It matters. Say, I love my church. It matters where you go to church. You need to be somewhere where we're teaching you the Word of God, line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, here little, there little, where you can get an understanding. Because at any time when you can see the Word, hear the Word, understand the Word of God, you can be what? Changed by that Word that you see and hear and understand. Number four, Apostle Tony said this. He said, all truth is portable. Say portable. Oh, man, I love it. All truth is portable. That's why this church, we try to teach you in such a way where we're teaching you the Word of God, but we're going to break it down to where it's plain, it's practical, and it's portable. And so, so all truth is portable. What he was saying is when you get a revelation of God for something in one area, that truth is portable. Pastor Tony was just telling you this yesterday, right? And so, so we had that conversation. Uh, uh, so God is saying, listen, when, when God manifests himself in your life, in your body— right? Not that same God, because faith is relational. You have a relationship with God. That same God says, now that truth can manifest in your children. Now that truth can manifest in your finances, because all truth is portable. That's why we give you the Word of God in a way that you can break it down. So watch this. I could be preaching about one thing, and then 10 different people have 10 different circumstances and situations, and they come up to me after the word, and they'd be like, Brother Pena, can I talk to you for a minute? And let's say I'm standing right here, and I'm, I'll go ahead. And they come up, and they go, oh, my God. You know how people do they say, Oh, my God. You was all up in my Kool-Aid. It's like you had a camera in my house. Oh, my God. That word was for me. You know what I'm saying? Like people all dramatic and stuff. They'd be like, oh, that word, oh, glory. That word was for me. And they'd be like, that word was just, oh, it was tailor-made. And, you know, I'm like, okay, pray. Praise God. To God be the glory. God bless you. You know, whatever. The next person comes. Be like, hey, bro, let me tell you something. 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 And say, like, man, you was all up, man. That, that word was, and they tell me about something else. And I'm like, okay, I wasn't even talking about that, but that's what they got out of it. You know what I'm saying? And like, praise God. Why? All word, the truth is portable. And so I'm, I'm preaching about one thing and you get what you get because that's what you need to get. So I'm preaching the Logos, say Logos. But at the same time, the Holy Ghost is releasing rhema. And so you are going to hear what you need to hear when you need to hear it. That's why I could be preaching. Let's say I'm over here looking at Sharita, and I'm talking to Sharita about something, and we all up in the Word. We could be over here in Matthew chapter 10 or something. And I'm talking to Sharita, and, and, and we just, me and Sharita right here. And all of a sudden, somebody over there just jump up and say, ah, glory! <laughs> They heard something I didn't say. You know what I'm saying? That was, that was the Holy Ghost. Say Holy Ghost. I'm like, man, I wasn't even talking to her. You know? but, but that's how the word works. Say all truth, all truth is portable. That's why you need to come to church. You just never know. You just never know. You get one word. Say one word. Say one word. One word from God can change your life forever. That's why you need to be here when the, when the doors are open. That's why you need to be here on Tuesday night. Say amen to that. All right, number five. This is all recap, y'all. This is all recap. Number five. Uh, from time to time, oh, this is good. Pastor Tony said this. From time to time, we must test ourselves to see if we're in the faith. Ooh, we got to test. Like, like you, you've been coming to church for, watch this. I don't know how, how Melody, 
I don't really know, like, you know, I'm, a, I'm an engineer, right? I don't know how to calculate this, but people say, you've been coming to church for umpteen years. You know what I'm saying? Like umpteen, right? I don't know what that means. I don't know, but that's a long time. Say a long time. You've been coming to church a long time. You come Sunday after Sunday. You come Tuesday night after Tuesday night. But you need to test yourself to see if you're really in the faith. Do you just come? You're driving way over here. You know what I'm saying? You're passing all these churches. You had to do hair before you got here. You know what I'm saying? You had to do braids. You, you had to iron clothes. You had to get these jokers ready. You had to put some Vaseline. Whoa, hey, hey, let me smooth this thing out. You did all that work to get here. Are you really in the faith? You know what I mean? You, why, why you, 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 you that are tuning in, why are you tuning in if you're not going to do what the Lord says? You got to test yourself. Check this. See, am I in the faith? 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, New International Version says, examine yourselves to see whether or not you are in the faith. Test yourselves. From the New Living Translation, it says, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Say, my faith is genuine. Say, my faith is relational. You got to test yourself to see, am I just going to church to go to church? Or am I going to church because, you know what, I have genuine faith? Am I going to church because I'm being built up? I'm being edified. The Word of God is getting down in my heart. I'm becoming the man or the woman that God called me to be. I'm growing. And watch this. I am I'm beholding the Word of God on a daily basis, and I learned the principle uh, at VCMI that I will become whatever I behold. And so, so I'm going to gaze at the Word of God, and I am becoming what I'm beholding. And, and I, I'm, I'm thinking about what God has called me to be, and I'm believing what God believes about me. Are you really? living by faith. Don't just be coming to church to come to church. We have to live this thing out. Test yourself. Say, test yourself. All right. So, all true, uh, 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 true faith is relational. And so, let's talk about relational, a uh, uh, relationship. Pastor Tony said, you can't just know God from a book. Like, if you just know God from the Bible, say this, say this. Say, I know God in real life. Like, for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I know God from real life. I know, I've known God. God has been with me in hospital rooms. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen the power of God manifest. God has been with me when I was trying to buy a house, and I had jacked up credit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, glory. But, but watch this. Here's some wisdom. But my credit ain't jacked up no more, right? <laughs> Don't just stay there. Don't just stay there. Let me slide that in for free. All right, uh, but, but uh, you got to know God. You got to know God as, as someone who can, uh, a God that can redeem marriages, broken relationships, restore. You got to see wayward children come home. You can't just know God from a book. You got to know God in real life. Say, if you know God in real life, raise your hand. Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. Mm. All right, so to understand the importance of our relationship with God, we got to understand the difference between God's grace and our faith. Let me labor here a little bit. Apostle Tony, Apostle Cynthia, they taught a little bit about the difference between God's grace and our faith. Since I'm talking about faith and how faith is, is relational, let me make sure I separate God's grace from our faith and get an understanding of that. Now, how many of you know or believe that God made plans for you from the foundations of the world? All right, half of y'all. To the other half, I'm going to teach you. <laughs> All right? So listen, God made plans for you from the foundations of the world. Say this. Say, I'm not a mistake. You were born when you were born. You were born where you were born because of why you were born. You are not a mistake. So your, your job is to find, follow, and finish God's purpose for your life before you die. Your job is to find it, is to follow it, and to finish it. To discover it, to 
to develop in it and to deploy into it and to get it done before you die so that you don't die because you're sick, so that you don't die because you're old. Say this, I will only die when I'm done. That's it. When I'm done, I can go. But until then, I ain't going nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because I, I ain't done yet. I got stuff to do. And so, so I'm only going to die when I'm done. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 9, beginning at verse 23. Any of you who want to become my follower or my disciple, uh, Luke 9 and 23, any of you who want to become my follower or my disciple must stop thinking about yourself and what you want. Let me slow down. Make sure you got what I just said. Jesus said, if you want to become my disciple, you must stop thinking about yourself and what you want. Your life is not about you. Your life is about the plans that he made for you from the foundations of the world. He went on to say, if you try to follow me, holding on to your old life, you're going to lose it. It doesn't work that way. You can't come to God and say, God, I'm going to come to you just as long as you don't mess up my plans. God... Oh, God, I, I'm, oh, glory. God, you're my Lord. But, but, but just as long as you don't interrupt what I want to do. Right? No, that's not the way it works. God made plans for you, and so you must discover what he already planned for you to do. Why is that important? Because God has already distributed a level of grace for you to do what he planned for you to do from the foundations of the world. The problem is that when you're making a demand on God for something that's not yours— he can't give it to you because you're, there's no grace on you for it. So this is why you can't get caught up in the lives of other people. This is why you should not have competitive jealousy in the kingdom. This is why you should be able to celebrate the diversities of giftings and callings without jealousy and not get caught up in what God gave them because God didn't give you what he gave them. And you don't have a grace to be them. You only have a grace to be you. And so you got to be at peace with yourself. You got to learn how to be content in what God called you to do. I remember when I first started preaching Georgia, I was upset that God didn't give me the ability to sing. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, like all the preachers that I, like, you know, the, the ones that can like take it on home, you know, like, oh, Lord, have mercy. They could like hoop them on out. And, but they could hoop because they could sing, you know what I'm saying? And they would, they would take, them, take them to the cross and they died, didn't they die? Ah, but that's not how, hey, watch it now. The story and then three days, hey, watch. And then they'll take it, they would take them all home and then sing a song and the altar be full. And I'm like, man, I can't sing. And so, you know, I'm, I got to be okay being me. But I could do some stuff they can't do, you know. And so you got to learn how to be content. Matter of fact, I'll just tell you this story. It's a funny story. So I, I just got saved. Uh, it was August. Uh, I got saved August 27, 1995. So this is probably around September or October 1995. I just got saved. And back then I was in Kuwait. And we had no TBN, no internet. This before the internet. Uh, there's no real young people in here, but there was life before the internet, by the way, just so you know. And so, so we had VHS tapes. Y'all remember VHS tapes? You remember the VCR? And so, so this is when, when Bishop T.D. Jakes was still in West Virginia. And so he used to have an annual Back to the Bible conference. You know, that's when he used to put the mic right here and be like, get ready, get ready, get, 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 you know, remember that? And so, 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 so he had Back to Bible conference. And so, so I had, so we were like, in the church, 
we would circulate all the, like, preaching uh, tapes. And so there was all these groups of, like, you know, six or eight or nine VHS tapes. And, and you know, so I just got saved. So somebody gave me a bunch of VHS tapes, Bishop T.D. Jakes, back to the Bible conference, right? And so I'm watching. This is when uh, uh, Dr. Creflo Dollar preached the anointing from Isaiah 10 and 27, way back then. Uh, the, the burden shall be removed from upon their shoulders and the yoke from upon their neck because of the anointing. The burden removing, yoke destroying power of God, right? This was 1995. Come on now. And so way back then, you, you know what I'm talking about. And so, so some of y'all remember. So anyway, I pop in this tape and Bishop T.D. Jakes, right? The, Bishop Jakes, you know, he was in West Virginia. He was, he was preaching that thing, man. And he, so he was preaching. He was doing this thing right here. And so I was like, man, I knew I was called to preach. And Florence, I looked at the TV. I was in a connex. Uh, for those of you that don't know, those of us that are deployed in the military, we live in shipping containers. And we're happy about it. You know what I'm saying? So I was, I was in the Connex where the AC, my AC was on. I was watching this TV with a VHS tape. Bishop T.D. Jakes was preaching. And I said, this, I think this is one of the first things I ever heard the Lord say to me. I said, I'm watching the TV, and I say to the Lord, Lord, I want to preach like Bishop T.D. Jakes. Right? And he's like, and so the Lord said to me, like one of the first things I ever heard, Florence, the Lord said to me, I did not give you what I gave T.D. Jakes. And it's like all the air left my little connex. <laughs> it's like the Lord punched me in the gut or something. I was like, oh. I bent over like this. And I was like, dog, why you got to be like that? You know what I'm saying, man? And then there was like a pause. And then I heard the Lord say, but, now the TV's still going, but I didn't give T.D. Jakes what I gave you. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. It's like all the air came back. Broom, right? And so I started, I was looking, I just got saved. I'm from Brooklyn, y'all, so I talked like I was talking like that. So I looked at the TV, and I was like, yo, what's up? You don't got what I got, baby. You don't got what I got. I'm like looking at the TV. I'm yelling at the TV. What, what, baby? What, what? You don't got what I got. You, what, hey, hey, watch it out. You know, I'm doing all this. Why? Because you got to learn how to celebrate you. You got to learn how to celebrate who you are. You got to be at peace with yourself. You got to have a relationship with God. You got to know who God called you to be. And you can't be worrying about other people. I can celebrate you because I know who I am. Watch this. Me building you up does not tear me down. I can build you up and I'm still good myself. Do you know who you are? You got to be at peace with yourself. Say this. Say, I love and like myself. Church people, there's some church people that love themselves, they don't like themselves. No, 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 no. I love and like myself. I, I, I look, before I left the house, uh, before I left the house today, I looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, yeah, I like what I see. You know what I'm saying? I like, Isabella said, oh my God, you got all these looks. She was dogging me out. She was like, the other day you looked like a golfer when we went over to the conference. And now you got this look. What's this look? And then you got these other looks. I was like, I don't care. I'm, I'm me and I'm good and I'm, I'm comfortable being me. Nobody can beat me being Rick Pena. So you got to be okay with yourself. You got to love and like yourself. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, throw this up on the screen. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 11 from the Amplified. The Bible says, God has made everything beautiful in his time. He has planted eternity. They're going to throw it up on the screen. Watch this. So, uh, uh, Elder Reed, come here for a minute. Stand right here. Uh, many of you have heard me talk about this verse before. Also, I've dealt with verse 15. I'm only going to deal with verse 11 today. So the Bible says God has made everything beautiful in his time. And, and so say, say this. Say God is in eternity and we're in time. So up here, this is eternity. Say eternity. 
And we're in time. God is outside of time. God cannot be confined by time because how could he be confined by something that he created? So God is outside of time. And so when God looks at us, he always speaks to us from what I call the position of the eternal now. For God is always now, even though for you it may not happen for five years or ten years because he's outside of time. The text says God has made everything beautiful in its time. And he planted, oh snap, what did he plant? Eternity. He took something from eternity and planted it where? In my heart and in my mind. And when he did, what does it do? It becomes an eternally implanted sense of purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. In other words, God takes something from over here. God takes something from over here. God takes something from over here. And he plants it in my heart and in my mind, and when he does, I will never be satisfied until I become what I saw. And so, so I'm living my life. Now, when God said it, it sounded like it was going to happen now. Say now. So I want it now because he said it like it's now. But it may not happen for weeks or months or years. Sometimes it may not happen for decades. But I have to live with an expectation that I will never be satisfied until I become what God revealed to me. Why? Because I have a relationship with God. And my faith is relational. And so I'm living my life under this reality, knowing that there's something on the inside of me that, that watch this, when I look at my finances, I say, it just hasn't caught up with the reality yet. You know what I'm saying? And so, so, so I go to work and I look at people and I, they don't even know who they're looking at yet. You know what I'm saying? So they, 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 it hasn't caught up with the reality yet. And so, 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 so sometimes you go look in the mirror and say, you know, I can see it. You go into your prayer closet and you're like, I can see it. And it's so real to me. And then you come out of there and you start dealing with the people down here in this world. And, and so they're dealing with you with what they see, but you're dealing with you in what you believe. Watch this. Let me help somebody. Not only are you supposed to honor your apostles, honor the man of God, the woman of God, honor the people in church, you're supposed to honor yourself. You got to learn how to say, you know what? Okay, it's 2023. This is what it looks like right now in the natural. But I know what God said. I know what God revealed. I know what God spoke. You got to honor yourself so much that you say, I believe what God believes about me, and I'm not, I'm not even going to be moved by what I see. You got to speak to yourself. You got to honor the anointing on yourself. Why? Because all faith is relational. You got to have such a relationship with God that you honor yourself. Say, I honor myself. Say, there's an anointing on my life and I honor myself. Give God some praise for that. Thank you. You got to believe God. This is, you got to have a relationship with God. Psalms 139 and 16 from the message translation, this is what David said, like an open book, you watch me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. All the days of my life 
were prepared before I ever lived one day. You could throw that up on the screen. That's Psalms 139 and verse 16. So this is what the Bible is. I didn't make this up. David is saying, listen, all the days of my life were prepared before I ever lived one day. All the stages of my life were already prepared. The reason why I could stand before the giant and know that I could kill this giant is because I went through the lion phase. I went through the bear phase. And the same God that kept me with the lion, the same God that kept me with the bear is going to bless me to kill this uncircumcised Philistine. And so you got to know that you've been through some stuff with God. Listen, say this, I've been through too much. I don't, I don't know about you, but I've been through too much. I, I've, I've seen too much. I've been through too much. Nobody can tell me that God is not real. You, you, I don't care. I don't need you to try to break this down. I don't need you to try to make no argument or counter argument. Listen, I've been through too much. I've seen through much. I've experienced through much. I know God and God knows me. I have a relationship with God. Say, my faith is relational. Come on, I have a relationship with God. I'm not going to be moved by anything. I'm, I'm only moved by what I believe God is saying to me. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. Watch this. Pastor, Pastor Tony says this all the time. Say, say this. Say, God is the one who controls the outcome. God is the one who controls the outcome. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, King James Version. The Bible says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. So God always causes me to have the victory. Say, listen, God is the one who's controlling outcome. And so, so my boss can't control the outcome. Watch this. The government can't control the outcome. Watch My family can't control the outcome. Young people, young people, let me help you out. As much as you love your parents and your parents love you, your parents cannot define you because your parents did not design you. So your parents can't control the outcome. You clap too good on that one. You, you need to repent right there, right there. All right. Uh, uh, your mama's going to get you later. Anyway, uh, uh, no, watch this. So, no, no. You, the, God is the one who controls the outcome. God is the one that's moving pieces around on the chessboard of my life. And so when I don't know what's going on, well, Crawford, when I don't know, and I, I don't know, and, and Isabella says, well, I, I say, I, sometimes, babe, I don't even know how it's going to turn out. But what I do know is this. What do you know? It's going to be good. Ah, it's going to be good. Why? Because God is the one that controls the outcome. God is the one that's moving the pieces around on the chessboard of my life. Sometimes I know, and when I know, I have faith. I decree it. I declare it. I believe it. I receive it. Now, when, God, when I don't know, I, I trust God. And so I'll trust God when I can't trace God. I trust God when I don't know what He's doing. And on those occasions, now watch this, when God speaks, I have faith. I decree it. I declare it. I believe it. I receive it. If God hasn't told me how it's going to turn out yet, I still trust him. Trust what? It's going to be good. I know that. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but one thing I do know is going to be good. I know this. I know some Ephesians 3 and 20 that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I can ask or think or even imagine. How? According to the power that works on the inside of me. So, God, listen, it's God's grace and my faith. I believe that God already gave me the victory. I believe that the outcome has already been determined. I believe that God already set up my success. I believe that God already has given me the grace. So, what do I do? 
God's grace is already done. My faith is now, because of my relationship with God, faith is something I say, it's something I do, it's a seed that I sow based on what I believe God already said. So I'm understanding the relationship between God's grace and my faith. God's grace means there's a grace on me to do everything He called me to do. Even when I feel like I can't do it, the grace of God is on me to do it. It's the Father who lives in me. He gives me the words. He performs the work. It's not me. It's all about Him. There's nothing I can't do. There's no place I can't go. There's no room I can't walk into. There's no answer I can't solve. There's nothing I can't do. Why? Because God is on me, in me, with me, and for me. Say amen to that. So because of the grace of God, I have faith. Because I have a relationship with God and I believe His grace is on my life. In the men's conference, there was a question. We were on the, the panel. You were in, the, in that room. We were in the men's panel. And, the, and one of the questions was, how do you do all the things you have to do as a man? You wear all these hats. Be a husband. Be a father. You have work. You have a career. You have business. All these things. How do you do all these things? My answer was the grace of God. It's the grace of God. Listen, God's grace is on me to do everything. Everything I'm called to do, I can do it all by the grace of God. I am who I am by the grace of God, and God's grace towards me shall not be in vain. So how do I tap into the grace of God? With my faith. Kenneth Copeland explained it this way. He said, he said let's, let's talk about your house. Let's say, Melody, at your house, there's a power plant not too far from your house, and that power plant is generating electricity, and that electricity is being delivered to your home. And now your house is wired to tap into that power. But you don't get the power until you flip the switch. <laughs> Kenneth Copeland said, grace is the power. Faith is the switch. Until you activate, until you flip that switch, God's grace can be on your life to do all this stuff. And here you are sitting down on the grace. You are frustrating the grace of God. You, why? But now when you get a relationship with God and you know what God has called you to do, say this, say this, say, I will flip the switch. I'm going to flip the switch on my marriage. Come on now. I'm going to flip the switch on my children. I'm going to flip the switch on my finances. I'm going to flip the switch on my body. If my body's under attack, hold on for a minute. Hold on for a minute. Let me flip that switch. Isaiah 55 says, you know what I'm saying? Hold on for a minute. Let me flip that switch. So, no, we need to flip the switch. We need to believe that for God is already done. He's already given us everything he was going to give us. But, but we have to live by faith. Say, I am the just. And I live by faith. We, what the Bible says, watch this, once we're born again. When you get born again, George, what happens? In Ephesians 2 and 8, it says that you were born again by God's grace and our faith. Watch this. The grace is made available to the whole world to get saved. The whole world. To the whole world they can get saved. Only those that flip the switch and accept Jesus as Lord get born again. So I was saved by grace, right? Then the Bible says that I walk by faith. I was saved by faith. Then I walk by faith and not by sight. So I'm saved by faith. I walk by faith. Watch this. I fight by faith. The Bible says to fight the good fight of faith. So I'm saved by faith. I walk by faith. I fight by faith. Uh-oh, the Bible says that we ought to pray the prayer of faith. That the, the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. So I pray, I'm saved by faith. I walk by faith. I live by faith. I fight by faith. I pray by faith. The Bible says I overcome the world by faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even my faith. So the grace is already there. 
but we got to provide the faith. Say, I will provide faith where God has provided grace. So the grace is on me. I'm not going to frustrate. Say this. Say, the grace of God towards me shall not be in vain. What, this, this is what I ain't going to do. You know how people, that's not good English. You know what I'm saying? But that's what they say. Let me tell you what we ain't going to do. Let me tell you what I ain't going to do. I ain't going to get to heaven to find out that I wasted my life with all of this grace and I didn't do nothing with it. What I want to do is get to heaven to find out that I've done everything that God sent me to this planet to accomplish. Say amen to that. Faith has the power to change our circumstances and situations because faith is how we tap into the grace of God. God's grace is the power, and we tap into the power with our faith. Uh, so, so Pastor Tony, once again, said God is the one who controls the outcome. So as a believer, we got to stop trying to create the outcome. What we need to do is believe God that his outcome is already established. Let's find out what God wants in this, in this situation, in any given situation, and we stand in faith for that. So in closing, let me wrap this up for you. Uh, now, I, I am Pastor Tony's son, and, I, and so I, let me just say this. Sometimes I be trying to close, you know, I'm trying to close. I, I mean, I got, I, I, I'm going to try to close. I'm going to try to wrap this thing up. Uh, here's my second closing. No, all right. So, so faith is relational. Uh, uh, so true faith has to be based on an intimate relationship with the Father, it's not just about knowing God. It's not just about memorizing Scripture. It's not just about doing declarations. It's not just about doing your confessions. You have to have a relationship with God. You got to be able to communicate with God, interact with God, walk with God, let God walk with you. You know what I'm saying? So it's like that. You got to get to the point where you are trusting God and you have an intimacy with Him because you will never, you will never make decisions that you consider to be risky decisions if you don't trust God, if you don't have a real intimate relationship with him. I'll use, I'll use my relationship with Pastor Tony as an example, right? When the Lord told me to accept Pastor Tony as my spiritual father, man, that was not easy for me because I was already under another covering and I didn't, I'm a very loyal person and I didn't want to disrespect that, that, that covering, but the Lord was doing something. And when the Lord told me, he said, no, and, and I already had plans. Say, I already had plans. Come on now. I, I'm not, you know, I'm the type of person. I had plans, you know what I'm saying? I, I got my little plans. You know, I'm a planner. And so I had plans, and I, I thought I knew what, what I was going to do. And the Lord said, give all of that up and just receive Pastor Tony, receive Pastor Cynthia. Honestly, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. But, I'm, but because I have a relationship with God, I, I say, okay, yes, Lord, I'll do it. And so I give everything up. I come to Pastor Tony. I come to Pastor Cynthia. We submit our ministry to them. And at that point, this is what I told Pastor Tony. I said, Dad, I don't have no plan B. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is it. Like, I mean, I don't, I've given up everything. And, and this is what Pastor Tony said to me. He said, son, one thing I could tell you, I will never hurt you. And when he said that, it's like something just released in me. Like all the angst, the anxiety, the fear. He says, son, I will never hurt you. What was he saying? Son, you can trust me. We have a relationship. You're my son. I'm your father. I will never hurt you. I did it because I trust God. But that helped me to trust Pastor Tony on another level. What am I saying? All faith is relational. You got to have a relationship. You can't, your, your faith in God has to be based on something like that. 
Like when you have a real relationship with God. And then let me close by saying this. The Apostle John said, please, I'm going to give it to you in the Rick Pena version. He said, please don't tell me that you love a God that you cannot see when you can't stand the people you see every day. He was saying, your relationship with God is manifested in your relationship with other people. Pastor Tony said that all relationships at the center of it has to be God. Because if you base your relationship on something that's not God, you're basing your relationship on something that's not the truth. And so if you want, the the reason why relationships break down is because God is not at the center of it. That's why you need to get the teaching from the family conference. There was so much taught on relationships, so much taught on relationships between husband and wife, between parents and children, between brother and sister. There was so much taught on relationships, and it all comes down to your relationship with God. All faith is relational. And so for us to live a life of faith, we got to have a relationship with God and a relationship with someone else. Jesus said, okay, this is my second closing. Jesus said, uh, 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 let me just sum up all the teaching of the law, all the teaching of the prophets with this. Like if you take everything that's in the law, right, all Leviticus, all of that, everything that's in the prophets, Nehemiah, Isaiah, all of that, it can be summed up in this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. He's saying your your vertical relationship with God is supposed to spill over into your horizontal relationship with other people. All faith is relational. And so if you have a relationship with God, you're going to be able to have relationships with other people. If you have a relationship with God and that's intact, you're going to be able to deal with even that crazy cousin. You know what I'm talking about. As soon as I said it, you saw her face, right? (laughs) Every family has one. Some families have two. And so so you, you saw it. And so you'll be able to deal with that person. Why? Because of your relationship with God. You'll be able to, you'll be able to extend grace to other people. Why? Because God extended grace to you. See, say this, say, as a recipient of grace, I am also an extender of grace. I can give you grace because God gave me grace. I can pray for you because God is standing in the gap for me. And so the reason why I can tolerate, not only just tolerate, I can actually have empathy and compassion for, for people that are even mistreating me, even coming up against me. That's why you could be like, you know what, uh, let's pray for such and such. But they're talking about you, Rick. It's okay. First of all, first of all, <laughs> their poison can't stop my purpose. So let's get that out of the way. Second of all, second of all, second of all, they don't even know what they're doing. If they knew any better, they wouldn't have my name in their mouth. You know what I'm saying? And so let's just pray for them. They don't even know. Like they don't know. They just don't know. I mean, they can't mess with me anyway, but they don't know. Lord, have mercy on them. Jesus was on the cross. He looked at the same jokers that a few days ago was crying, Hosanna, Hosanna. Their same faces was like, crucify him. And Jesus was like, Lord, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Like, I mean, they don't know. They're deceived. Why? He had a relationship. Because I have a relationship with God, I can have a relationship with you. We're standing all over the building. Come on, give God some praise. Come on, come on, let's give God some praise. Let's just make a declaration real quick. Say this, say, Father, I thank you for the word I just received. I thank you for my church. 
I thank you for the anointing that's on this ministry. And I receive the impartation. I declare that I have a relationship with you, Father. And because of my relationship, I can live by faith. And because of my relationship, I can love other people. And because of this relationship, I believe what you believe about me. So I live by faith and I walk in love. And this is my season to be refreshed and restored. In Jesus' name, give God some praise all over the building.